This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. That's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, so picture this. You've just finished reading a book and you're turning over the final page or maybe you're scanning the back flap of the book's dust jacket and you find this brief paragraph. And that paragraph is titled, About the Author. Now, if you're like me, you might think this is one of the coolest paragraphs in the entire book. I mean, sure, it's not part of the story, but it's always interesting to learn about the person responsible for eating up all of your time with that book you just read. But the sad thing is that this paragraph is so small. It'll usually tell you, like, basic information about the author, maybe where they grew up or if they've written any other books, but chances are, the story behind that little paragraph is just as interesting as the story you just read. Like, how did the author get into writing in the first place? How did they break into publishing? And what was it like writing that book? And how did life change after readers got a hold of it? So with those questions in mind, I spent the last several months reaching out to some of those authors and I asked them to tell me a story. And not the story in their books, but I wanted to know their story. And what I found was pretty neat. I do distinctly remember one day sitting in the drum set practice room and my friends were talking to me and I said to them, guys, you know, I I love music, I love drumming, I'm loving this program. But this isn't what I see myself doing forever. I want to be a writer. I want to write books. I'd had a dream, and it was so vivid, and I knew it was stories that needed to be told. And so that's when I started writing uh, the first novel that I ever completed. Completing something is really essential, especially while you're beginning, but I think nothing makes you a better writer than reading. You succeed uh, without realizing it at first. And it's super important to realize that when you think you're failing, sometimes you actually are succeeding. It just just doesn't feel like it yet. So join me through the month of June for Bookstack's new podcast about the author, as these authors share how they discovered writing, broke into publishing, and everything else they experienced in between and after. There'll be new episodes released every Friday this month, starting this Friday. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you listen to podcasts to be notified when the first episode goes live. For more information on the show, visit author.bookstacked.com. Hope to see you there. You're listening to Bookmarked, the young adult book podcast brought to you by bookstacked.com. This is episode 25, and in episode 25, we're talking book conferences and shadow hunters. We've got all of that coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. So we are at episode 25, which 
feels like a milestone and a landmark, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like we should have been here a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's okay. That's fine. We're happy to be here. We're happy to be at episode 25. Uh, it's pretty cool to say that we have 25 episodes. During our absence, <laughs> we passed our three-year anniversary, uh, which is exciting. Three-year anniversary of podcasting. Nice. Woo. Yeah, which last year I had said that we passed our three-year anniversary. <laughs> It was actually a two-year anniversary, <laughs> so yeah. this is the real three-year anniversary. <laughs> okay, good to know. Last yeah. year was just practice. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> but no, it's exciting to be here. Um, and last month, too, I was looking at the podcast stats like two days ago, I think, and we passed 11,000 downloads. So wow. wow. thank you to everyone. I feel like I've said that a lot, but we, it's always good to... I think to give thanks to people who are who are supporting us and stuff. So thank you if you've been listening, if you've subscribed, um, if you're among those eleven thousand <laughs> downloads. That that's really means a lot. So thank you so much. And so before we go any further, let's just introduce everybody who's here today. We have Addie. Hi guys. And then we have Mary. Hello. And Michael. Hi. And myself, Saul. <laughs> um, yeah, how has everyone been? It's been a while since we've gotten to sit down and talk. <laughs> right? It feels like a lot happened and nothing yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There have been like, I feel like there have been some fairly large news pieces that have happened in the last few months. And then, but they've been like so spread out, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it feels like it's nothing's been happening. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I think the last episode we did was the Death Cure movie. And literally a couple days after that, James Dashner got caught up in a lot of controversy. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to go too much into. um, We discussed it at length when it happened as a team. But like, that's one big thing. And then, man, there was Fantastic Beast trailer. Shadowhunters was a big deal just recently. There's been some big news there, and we're going to go over that in this podcast. Um, But then we've also all been sort of busy on our own level doing things for the website and stuff. Uh, I guess the first big thing is we have a new podcast. I'm hosting it and putting it together. Basically, the story behind it was I needed a capstone project to graduate uh, from my undergrad. And... I somehow convinced my professors to let me put a podcast together where I'm interviewing authors. Uh, yeah, the new podcast is called About the Author. I, I feel like it's different from other interview author interview podcasts you might have heard. And when I say that, I'm not putting down other author interview podcasts, FYI, because there are some amazing ones. To name a couple, 88 Cups of Tea, you know, with Yin It's hard to top that. And also Sarah Ennie's pod, er, podcast as well. I think it's called First Draft. Yeah. Um, those are fantastic author interview podcasts, but I wanted to do something a bit different because I love NPR <laughs> and uh, all of their podcasts. And I love how they can interview someone and add music. And it's just like very highly produced and they're really telling a story through the interview. I, I didn't just want it to be like, Hey, come and listen to the podcast and listen to some people talk. The The idea behind this podcast was have the authors come and tell basically their life story first episode's already out and probably going to be releasing the first episode as a bookmarked bonus as well so chances are you listeners are going to get it in your feed uh probably really soon just to promote the show but like if you like it and you want to subscribe 
go ahead, look it up in Apple Podcasts. It's called About the Author. And there's going to be four episodes total. Yeah. And if people like it, I'm totally down to do a season two. <laughs> I, just, I thought it was really good. Happy had those. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was good when I heard it too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Obviously, we, the, the rest of us didn't have anything to do with it. So we can outwardly <laughs> say that it was, it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to hear. It really did take a lot. And it was very stressful because, of course, that was like my final project before I graduated. <laughs> um, so clarify to readers that you did graduate. You know, you passed. <laughs> basically, I've, I've technically graduated, actually. I'm in I've moved to Brooklyn, New York, and I'm just here till the end of the month. I'm doing an internship, which is actually technically part of my undergrad. I have to write an essay in the next week, but that will be the very last essay I have to write. So I'm and you will be very, very happy. Yeah. You not have to write another essay. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. So I'm just doing this internship, uh, which has been a lot of fun here in Brooklyn. I'm writing for a local newspaper. And once that internship is done, which will be done in the next week, uh I am officially graduated. So uh what's been new in your guys' life? Addie went to France. I did. Was I it everything to- Anna and the French Kiss promised it would be? I don't know because I didn't read that book. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> but um, it was it was pretty fun. It was better than I expected because I know there's that like stereotype that Parisians are very rude, which I found to be like not at all. It's like, just like one guy. I think just having like a bad day. I felt that my French teacher in high school would be very proud of my French, even though it was eight years ago. <laughs> last time I took a French class. <laughs> Um, and then I took a day trip to London, and I went to the Warner Brothers uh, studio for the Harry Potter tour, which was awesome. Um, got there, they had the the um, the wardrobes for the from the first Fantastic Beast movie at the entrance. Um, but no, yeah, the tour was amazing. Butterbeer was better than I expected. I don't actually, I don't, I didn't have any expectations for the Butterbeer, but. God, that was great. Do you know if it's the same butterbeer as what they serve at the in the theme park? I have no idea because I don't want to spend like a hundred bucks just to go to the theme, just to go to the Harry Potter section of Universal Studios <laughs> here at home. <laughs> so I mean, I have no idea. My cousin says it's probably the same, but I have no idea. Was it warm or cold? It was cold. <laughs> it was cold. probably yeah, the same thing. It was cold and had like it's like creamy vanilla-y kind of like foam on top that tasted like yeah. caramel. I have no idea, but it was delicious. Was really <laughs> bad. I wasn't a huge fan of the butter beer, but oh. like I can't really remember why because it's been so long. So like, yeah. I'd be willing, I'd be open to try it again. That was my fear that I that it was so hyped up that I wouldn't like it when I got mm. to taste it. But I was like, no, it was great. It was really good. That's and awesome. then I was like really sad when I had to leave the studio tour. I didn't want to leave. That's exciting. So Addie, you also got to go to Y'all West, which yes. was exciting. You all you and we should note that you went with Christy, who she was gonna be on the this episode, but she unfortunately couldn't make it. But yeah, what was that experience like? What was how was it? Um it was pretty fun. It was a lot of waiting in line for the first half. I was at it. I was like, 
I am not doing anything until after one. I think he told this to Saul. I was like, I'm not doing anything after one until I get my wristband to get my book signed by Veronica Ross. (laughs) (laughs) And so I did. I was like, I think they were going to give them out like at a quarter to 12. And I was there like at 1030, just like creeping in the area where they were going to hand them out. I was essentially like three hours of waiting in line. Oh, my gosh. But I did, and I actually got to talk to her a bit. Um, she she seemed a lot more relaxed. People were like super excited that that you know they got the wristbands, and I was like, "Any tips for like being in Chicago?" Because I was like, "I know you fly out from there a lot because you're from there." And she's like, "Just go to the." If, she's like, "If you hear an alarm, go to the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, tornado shelters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was I sh- I was like not in California anymore. And she's all like, and then when she talked, she's like, what are you going to do in London? And I told her about the tour. She's like, she's so excited. She wanted to go there, but she didn't have a chance. And um, yeah, then there was, she had a couple of panels afterwards and later in the afternoon. Did did you and uh, you and Christy have any awkward author moments like you and I had when we spilled, <laughs> we talked about Michael dropping things on Cassandra Claire? Oh, Cassandra Claire. We actually kind of just, like went our separate ways. Okay. Early on. So we like kind of like met up in the morning and then just kind of did our own things. So, but I mean, I don't know about Christy. I mean, I really didn't because I spent most of my time in line. <laughs> <laughs> no, there weren't really any really awkward. I think like people were more used. I, what I did notice a change was that um, people who went, who are going to Y'all West are kind of not as like fangirling as much around because you know the the authors just walk around like it's like nothing you know they go from one panel to the other to the crowds and people I remember the first couple of years people were kind of like stopping and like staring at them and <laughs> like kind of like just take pictures of them and people were just and now people are like oh look it's um Ransom Riggs and he's just like mm. and he's like, just like just keeps walking people are like not even like freaking out that much anymore during Smackdown the funniest Smackdown y'all was has had in its four years, they actually did a dramatizations of the latest, you know, you know, uh, YA adapt um, books adapted into movies. Um, like, uh, for example, Veronica Roth, um, they and a couple of other authors went on stage and they reenacted divergent scenes. <laughs> Which divergent scenes is the question? Um, <laughs> 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 Which movie? I'm pretty sure from the first book. Um, I think Christy, she left a few notes herself, too, about her thoughts on the event. Yeah, so this is what Christy had to say about going to Y'all West. She said, My first Y'all West was well worth the trip for the panels alone. All the ones I attended left me inspired and comforted by the book community. It was really hard not to fangirl when your favorite authors are just walking around. But I found it really cool that this festival allowed you to be so close to your favorites. If I were to give advice to anyone thinking of attending next year, I'd say pack lightly for all the free stuff being given away. Attend as many panels as you can and drink lots of water. I feel like that's good advice based off of my one y'all was experience. Yeah. Also just kind of like if you can get the schedule, because they do post a schedule on their website like a week before, I think plan out what you want to do. So you're not scrambling around the day of trying to figure out, where to go and what to do because the lines get insanely long for the free stuff. 
So I would just say, you know, if you want to make the most out of your day, check the schedule, see what you want to do and prioritize. Yeah. I feel like that's probably true of like any book con and stuff too. Like that's, that's just like really good advice. Cause I know people do that for book expo, for example, which I'm using this as a transition to go into the fact that I went to book expo last weekend. Um, and yeah, most people, they have like these spreadsheets and everything. And they're like, at this time, they're going to give away this book or this author signing. Well, I walked in just without a plan. <laughs> <laughs> How well does that work out? It actually worked out really well. I got to do everything I wanted except for one thing. I only missed one author I really wanted to meet. And that was Tomi Ediemi. Uh-huh. Uh, she's written Children of Blood and Bone. I got there like a half hour late because I was just kind of moseying. I, I should have been a bit more on top of it. Otherwise, I would have gotten to meet her. Did you see the um, video that, uh, that she shared from it? Where she's meeting those little kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an adorable video. People should look it up. Um, It's just these kids who are falling over and tell me when they get to meet her finally. But yeah, I only went, uh, I actually went on Friday because it started Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Actually, that's not true. I went Wednesday, but when I got there, I had to go after my internship after I got out of work and everything was like over and done. So I was just walking around. It was kind of like a ghost town. And then I wasn't able to go the second day, but I was able to convince them to let me off work on the third day. <laughs> so I was able to get into Book Expo. I was just so bummed because I was like, I'm here doing this internship and I have these press passes to get into Book Expo, which is like yeah. the premier book event. And I'm living in the city where it's happening. I'm like, I was, I, I appealed to uh, my supervisors and they thankfully. <laughs> They thankfully let me go for Friday. And yeah, I just went in without a plan. Literally, I walked in and there was a huge line right there. And I was like, what's this line for? And they're like, Alexandra Bracken. And I'm like, perfect. And I got in the line <laughs> and uh, I got my tickets. And yeah, I was able to get the Darkest Legacy. But yeah, it was fun. And I basically just wandered around getting in different lines. And by the end of the day, I had 15 books just wow. for free. They're They're just handing out books for free. And Basically, all the authors are there, and you just get in a line. You go up, meet the author. They sign the book and hand it to you. So it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. I had fun talking to people in line, kind of getting to know people a little bit. There was one point where I was waiting uh, for Wild Card by Marie Lu. It's the oh, sequel yeah. to Warcross. And that was a huge line. And so I was just kind of sitting there for like, a half hour and I just pulled out my Game Boy <laughs> and I started <laughs> playing Pokemon Gold and all of a sudden before I knew it other people were coming up to me with their Game Boys apparently this is a thing where people carry Game Boys I thought I was unique and special <laughs> apparently <laughs> not who remembers what a Game Boy is <laughs> right? well it was just so funny I was just sitting there and at first like getting comments like oh my gosh that's a real blast of the past like it's, a, it's an old Game Boy color like that's what I was <laughs> and uh People, it was kind of cool to see people that, and then other people pulling it out of their purses and their bags. And I thought that was pretty funny. And when I look back on it, I feel like it's perfect for Marie Lou because she's so into video games and Warcross is kind of, is very, it's all about video games too. So, but BookCon isn't nearly as cool as Book Expo because you have to pay for your books at that one. Mm. Uh, yeah. Is it one of those where you have to like, if you want it signed, you got to buy it there? Yeah. So it's like, I think you're paying like 60 or 50 bucks. I actually don't know the exact ticket price, but you're paying money to go into the convention. And then you have to pay money 
to buy the book to have the author sign it. And I think too, like you had to buy your tickets to meet authors in advance online. And they, I think you could only go to like two signings or something like that. Mm. Like there was like a limit. And I've heard, I was talking to people Friday and I was like, is it worth going to BookCon? And everybody was kind of like, uh, I don't know. Everybody was kind of putting it down at Book Expo. They were saying basically it's a nightmare and it's a bunch of like young teenagers freaking out and like stampeding everywhere. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I Maybe that's why they have those rules where you can only like do two authors or something. I think what you go to, if you're going to go to BookCon, what you should go for is maybe, you know, maybe see one or two authors that you really like but mostly i think what you're going to want to go for are the panels um because there are panels and i didn't catch many of the panels while i was there i have a hard time like telling people go to BookCon because i honestly i had a better experience at yalwas than i had at BookCon. <laughs> um that, that's just me personally and then as as i think especially when you're like at book expo and then you're getting all the free stuff and then you go to BookCon, and it's like okay now I'll pay for it all <laughs> it's not nearly as cool so um yeah i wish there was more kind of book festivals over here like, listening to you guys talk about it it's like it sounds really fun but like i've only ever been to like one the edinburgh international book fest which is like a quite a, like, a world renowned but it's kind of like the same as that you you need to pay for everything and it's like and it's not like uh, ya centric so it's kind of Maybe every year there's like a handful of YA authors, and it's not exactly panels, it's like tents with one or two authors just kind of talking, having discussions about. I guess it's probably not the kind of place where we could ask, like, what faction would you be in Divergent? (laughs) Right. And I had to pay eight pounds for that as well. I don't know how much that (laughs) is, but yeah. That's unfortunate. You should save up so starting now, and then maybe yeah. you can come to Book Expo next year. I was looking, I was looking at prices for Yog West this year, like at the start of the year. Just be so expensive for me to fly out and then fly there, yeah. get a hotel and then get a ticket to the events. <laughs> One year, I know. I wish there were more around Chicago. There's like one I go to every year that is hosted by a small, like, independent bookstore, but you have to pay to get in. But it's, like, specifically YA, so it's kind of like a Y'all West, like, mini Chicago thing. But I wish I could actually have the money to go to Y'all West or Book Expo. No, yeah. I Well, I think I think Y'all West does do a lot of the free books, because I remember uh-huh. both years getting, well, when I went, got a lot of books and I think Addie's picked up a lot of books and Christy picked up some right yeah they did get a lot of books like just even like at random this year they actually gave which is really cool and came in really handy for my trip they gave out um like uh portable power banks oh that's nice (laughs) the epic greets booth we're giving them out as part of um like promotion for fates divide so they're carve the mark ones I actually put it up on uh the the uh Bookstacks' um, Instagram page. On the oh, I might have seen that actually. Now that you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, so I grabbed. I managed to grab two. But I was gonna say, like, I think Y'all West is a good place for that. The the thing with Book Expo is, uh, I don't think Book Expo is like necessarily super open and accessible to everyone. I, it's primarily for like industry 
professionals. It's not a fan event. Book Expo yeah. isn't really for fans. Um, it's meant to be for like librarians and booksellers and then journalists, which is how I was able to get in through a press pass to cover for the site. Um, but of course, everybody there is a fan because we all yeah. like books. Um, but BookCon, I think, is them trying to make it more fan-like. But then, yeah, you have to end up spending so much money. So um, Book Expo would be the cool one to go to if you can get into that. Otherwise, too, I think you might be having to pay a lot of money to get into Book Expo. I think there might be a heavy entry fee as well. But I, I don't know because I, I had the pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's just like to put out put that out there to any listeners who are thinking – already planning like their next trip trip to book expo like it still is expensive i think so i think you if you you might have to be an industry professional and then you have to pay money to get in i think and then also the fact that it's in new york city everything here is so expensive mm-hmm. so. and maybe y'all fest would be a better option for y'all people fest. that want to go <laughs> y'all fest is the original one in on the east coast yeah and, and like uh virginia Carolina, no, South Carolina. In the South. Charleston, I think. Charleston, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I feel like those are the good ones to go to. Y'all West or Y'all Fest, if you're the fan. Mm -hmm. That would be probably the better version, because I think Y'all Fest is full three days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they also, I remember one year that I was able to go to Y'all West, um, I was able to buy a signed copy of a book through Y'all Fest. So like they'll like like if you if you're not able to go but you do want a, a you know a signed um copy of a book that you want um I think that if you go on their website they give you a list of authors who are signing and who are having their book their like autographed books sold at certain websites or certain independent stores. Uh, uh, the other thing I did since coming out to New York, I got to see Chris Child, which I just feel like is worth mentioning because we talked about Chris Child, I think a couple episodes ago and how we all tried to get tickets. Um, I did have to pay a decent amount of money to get in. <laughs> like I was hoping to see a, maybe two Broadway shows while I was here, but uh, it all went toward, straight toward Chris Child, um, which is two shows basically. But anyway. Yeah. You didn't do I'm the lottery? Not, I didn't do the lottery. I just checked Ticketmaster like every because- other hour. Yeah, I mean, I did yeah. enter. I did enter the lottery. I didn't win the lottery. I should have said that. <laughs> and I'm not going to say much about it because we've done a whole episode like reviewing the story and everything. But I will say that seeing it in person actually made me love Cursed Child. Like, I'm a huge fan now. <laughs> I'm totally converted. <laughs> I think it's like I think we did talk about it that people, you know were hating so much or had a negative review of the screen of the, the script in book form. And I think we did mention that, you know, it's a place that's not meant to be read. It's meant to be seen. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's totally true. Like some, some of the lines that you like were read. I mean, I remember reading it when it came out and just like some of the lines of dialogue, I was like, Oh, this just seems so weird and like out of character, but then seeing the actors actually deliver it, was totally different experience. Um, and then it actually, it just felt normal and real. And so, yeah, I, that's another thing where I'm like, I totally recommend it, but at the same time, it's at least currently, it's so hard to get into and see. Um, so the effects, like you hear people talk about them 
they're like the effects the effects oh my gosh <laughs> it's sweet <laughs> i'm not saying anything at all i don't want to spoil anything but it's it's a great show so um i'm question that's pretty not it's because like, it, i know a lot of people compared it to really bad fan fiction does mm-hmm. that stand yeah. or just like knock it off see the so, something about seeing it for me like like when you look at it objectively and everything and i think when you're reading through it yes it totally feels like fan fiction but something about seeing it in person was just i i I like it now. I've like accepted it. So, uh, so, so does seeing it validate it as part of you know J.K. Rowling's you know Wizarding World? I'm not saying like centrally, but like often like in a very distant corner. For for me, it did. For me, it felt like it felt like a real Harry Potter. Okay. Or like it. There's just something about seeing it in person. So, um, but I know not everybody has felt that way. I have heard other people on a different podcast um, who have seen it and didn't feel that way. But at least for me, like I was just eating it up the whole time. I was, <laughs> I was totally into it. So my favorite part was I was sitting next to this little kid and he was, and he was there with his whole family and he turns to his, his parents and he's like, I'm the only one in the family who's read all the books. <laughs> and then the dad turns to him and he's like, congratulations, son. We're so proud of you. <laughs> he's like, what do you want from us? And the kid's like, I just want you guys to read the books. <laughs> but that's like, Harry Potter's your generation. Star Wars was my generation. And the kid's like, well, I saw all the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. that kid is savage. Yeah, I I loved it. I was just like silently laughing because I don't want them to see me, but (laughs) I loved it. And the other cool thing too was seeing all these parents bringing their children and all the kids like, it was mostly like little kids dressed in like robes and stuff. Um, That was just kind of cool. Looking for something to listen to after this podcast is over? We always suggest reading a book. And what better way to consume books than with Audible? In the subway or in the car, when you're mowing the lawn or doing dishes, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You can always catch up on your TBR list with an audiobook. And for listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash bookstack. Audible selections includes books like Victoria Aveyard's Red Queen series and Tomi Ediemi's Children of Blood and Bone. Again, go to audibletrial.com slash bookstack for your free audiobook. And don't forget that even if you quit the trial, you get to keep the book. One of the big things we wanted to talk about was the fact that Shadowhunters has been canceled. I tried looking up into like um, publicity reports and, and press releases on Freeform's part, and there really wasn't anything. There were only statements. You know, other sources said that it was because of the mon- of money. And then, but Freeform said that, you know, the story has come to its end and, you know, generic stuff like that. They didn't really go into specifics. A lot of people are assuming that it's ratings, but ratings-wise, they're, I, I mean, it's not the top, but it's in the top five as far as ratings go in the highest ratings of shows on Freeform now. But I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit on the chat that they're trying, Freeform is trying to push other shows that people don't really want. Like they spent money on a show that has 
pretty much the lowest ratings. They they ordered a full season before they even put out one episode. They ordered a second season and it's still doing really bad. And they keep canceling higher higher rated shows than the one they pushed out. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that I think ratings probably play a role into it. But I do think um, what I saw at least was it seems to be mostly financial issues because uh, Netflix was a distributor, I think, internationally. Internationally, yeah. So Netflix over here, yeah. Yeah, but I think Netflix apparently was also funding the show, helping. Yeah, partially, I believe, yeah, because yeah. they did take that hand in, um, in you know, distributing, distributing it worldwide. And mm-hmm. now Netflix is trying to push more money into producing their own shows. So that, I would guess, also played a factor in reducing their completely cutting off the funding for shadow hunters yeah so basically i mean yeah that's the gist of it basically the uh i, f- I forget the name of the actual production company that was creating shadow hunters what yeah. was it constantine yes constantine they they were funding it so it was them freeform and netflix all three netflix pulls out and so Constantine's like, well, we still need like <laughs> that same amount of money. So they go to Freeform and say, hey, well, you covered Netflix cost or yeah, the cost of or at least that half. Yeah, well, you will you pay for what Netflix was paying for? And uh, Freeform said no, that they wouldn't. It just didn't fit in their budget, probably because yeah, it's. I mean, I like you said, Addy. I think it was moderately successful as a show, but it's not like one of their top earners. So it's hard to like justify paying extra money for that reason. So you can kind of see why it got canceled. Um, it sounds like mostly money, but but yeah, I'm sure ratings play a role into that. And apparently, it's just a very expensive show to produce, which makes sense because it's a fantasy and it's got all these special effects in it. So, but how did you guys feel about this? Like, were you well? First off, was anyone here keeping up with it? Because I feel like I just watched the first season and then I. Didn't watch it anymore. It's plan. I'm like I've planned on like binge watching it, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. I stopped after the first season, and then there was so much like hype around the second season. I watched it, and then I I stopped completely after the third season. I had to push myself to watch through the second season. I was like, I, I I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> It strayed from the books too much for me. It did not. I I think the actors were good. I just don't think that the writing was really well done. Yeah, I feel like that's. I mean, I watched the first episode. That's all I ever watched. Um, but I felt like you know, going through Twitter, that's how a lot of fans felt. They there was kind of like this love hate relationship between it. I think. Um, like people wanted to like it because they want to support their favorite franchise, but like they weren't very happy with the direction it was going. Honestly, I was surprised it got this far. Like <laughs> I thought it was cancelled a long time ago. No, I think I know. I tweeted saying that like I'm uh, kind of like sad because I know a lot of people like got a lot out of it, and I know it meant a lot to a lot of people. So I'm sad for them, but I, it strayed too far from. Like the books, and it kind of lost. I watched the first couple episodes of season two. That's about how far I got in it. And yeah, I just I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand what the direction of it was. 
So I'm not surprised that it was eventually cancelled. Yeah. I had a feeling it was going to get cancelled because at the upfronts, when Freeform were doing their upfronts, Shadowhunters was not announced at all if it was getting renewed or cancelled. And usually when that happens, it usually means the show is on the fence or just about to get cancelled. So I had a feeling they were going to cancel it because they didn't announce it. Yeah, the crazy thing is this was like one of when free, you know, when they were rebranding from ABC Family to Freeform, this was one of like their main promote like this is the main show they were promoting it seems yeah. like at the time. Yeah. This mm-hmm. was supposed to be their big the big breakout. Like, yeah, to hook you in. Which it's just it's just interesting I guess how that all works, but that's the world of TV too. Like things get canceled. And movies, as we know. Yeah. Just for future reference, anything that's on Freeform, don't expect it to last too long. Because they really do have like a very bad streak of canceling shows out of the blue. Good shows, bad shows, it really doesn't matter. And it's usually in a freaking cliffhanger, which is the worst part. Yeah. Well, that is one thing we can say, is they're not doing that with Shadowhunters. Freeform, yeah, like, apparently... Freeform, I guess, said that they wanted to, like, give it a proper ending. So they're actually, I think they've already finished filming season three, but they're going to go back and... Um, Some reshoots, I think. They're going to, yeah, film a two-hour series finale. Isn't it, don't they have, like, ten episodes that are, ten episodes, I think, and then the two-hour movie? Yeah, so there's going to be, like, the full season, and then they're going to be attaching this ending onto it. That's apparently two hours long. So. I'm interested to see where that goes or what that is, because you can't really wrap up the story with how they've gone through it unless it's done in a really interesting way. Yeah. Do you think that they could or that they would like take elements from the very last book and just bring them in to the? Probably, just because that's what ABC and that's what they did with Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. And stretched it out for seven seasons. Excessive. <laughs> but, I mean, they'll probably do that. They probably will take the liberty and, like, pick and choose from the rest of the books. Like, plug it in. Mm-hmm. Into either, like, the rest of the remaining ten episodes or just the entirety of the two-hour thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. It's so yeah, for a lot of people that's kind of sad. Even though I don't watch it, it kind of made me sad cuz I was like uh well first I was like, "Dang, what are we going to that's one less thing to cover on the website." <laughs> Which I guess could be good or bad depending on how you look at it. But then also I was thinking back about our podcast and that was like one of our earliest episodes. I don't know if you remember where yeah. we went through like the entire cast and we yeah. were like are they going to be good in this role or not? You know, we, we did that. And, and I remember we were criticizing like the first promo that looked really cheesy. Like the, the, eff- yeah. the effects were so bad. I remember when the first 10 minutes came out of the episode of the first episode, I was like, this looks interesting. And then it just kind of, yeah. I, I remember we, we kind of just not, I'm not going to say criticized. We discussed things we would probably want changed in the, yeah. into the second season, like the writing and the effects. Yeah. So at the very least, Shadowhunters gave us good memories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give us something to talk about. Right. Yeah. 
but it has gone into the darkness with Divergent and uh, what other things have been canceled? I mean, <laughs> wave, that kind of just happened and got swallowed up. Yeah, and never to be seen again. We haven't heard about the Shatter Me TV series in a while, so I'm kind of interested where that went. Yeah, I think that's the... Uh, oh, Shatter Me. Oh, for some reason I was thinking uh, Throne of Glass. No. No, yeah, Shatter Me. I didn't even realize they were doing a TV show of that. That was like four years ago no. it was announced. I think it was brought up, up brought up again this earlier this year. I think I remember reading something oh. about it this year. But, I mean, I could be wrong. Like, just take it with a grain of salt. I, I, did, I think I read something about it happening. Don't really recall, like, if they were going to... I mean, kind of like... They just brought it, like... I think they, like, read it in passing. And it mentioned the Shatter Me adaptation to TV or something like that. But it didn't really go into details. I mean, they weren't the, it wasn't, like, Elizabeth Banks, like, slated to produce the Red, uh, the Red Queen series. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm still... I'm still over here kind of championing <laughs> that I don't think the Red Queen movies are happening. I don't. Yeah. I, think, uh, I don't every, think. Every episode we've heard less and less about it. It's like, <laughs> is that just a really weird dream we had? <laughs> but the Red Queen series, the book series, is over. It actually got an ending. It didn't get cancelled midway through. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the Shadowhunters TV show, talking about the books. Mom. Yeah, now I'm talking. I'm talking about the books. So, yeah, I, it's over. Um, I read the last book. I think last week. Um, I, I guess it's. I guess it's just like worth noting because it, it was such a huge book series. Like I remember the hype leading up into it. Yeah, and then it kind of like went into like a little like gradual decline. Yeah, I think we've we've talked about it a bit too, and I think I'm the only one here who actually got through the whole the whole thing. And mostly, I got to be honest, mostly I was doing it so that way I could make sure I could keep up with the content for the website um, <laughs> more than anything. I I found the ending to be okay, but that's about it. That's I I don't feel like it's a I don't want to bash on Red Queen because uh, Victoria Aveyard has done a lot of good, um, but. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of one of those that fizzled out. So kind of sad about that. Yeah. Whereas I right now I'm actually really excited about Tomi Adiemi's Children of Blood <laughs> and Bone. But I actually started reading it, and it's just that's really good. And that's another series that's gotten massive hype. Yeah, it's getting a lot of huge views. I know uh, John Green was giving it a lot of praise on his podcast. Even so, even Stephen King like. Oh, yeah. Briefly tweeted about yeah. it. I think uh, Tomi Ediemi, she had put out a video of her unboxing the first ever copy. And yeah, I've seen that. It's a very emotional video if you go watch it. <laughs> uh, and even Stephen King was just kind of like, he, he made a comment on it. So Those are my favorite been... kind of videos. I love it when authors put like videos of themselves opening up like yeah. arcs of their books or like finished copies. Yeah, so that's a series. So, I mean, that's just really interesting to me, the fact that you have Red Queen, which was, there was so much hype, and it's over now. But now you have Children of Blood and Bone, and that's massive too. It almost seems more massive than Red Queen, if I'm being honest. Like, I, But I think the thing was that Red Queen was started coming started coming out when there was there were all of these like YA books coming out at the same time they were trying to get hyped up. 
I think it was like towards the end of like Hunger Games and like in the middle of like the, the Divergent series and then a bunch of other big books were coming out at the same time when Red Queen started. And then when all of those ended or fizzled out, Red Queen was just super hyped up. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think too, like with the timing of Children of Blood and Bone coming out right now, it's just so relevant. It's a message that everybody is embracing because from what I understand, it's it's obviously it's totally embracing diversity in African culture. Um, I think Nigerian, is that where she's from? Yeah, Nigerian American. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if the publishers did this on purpose, but I think it came out just a few weeks after Black Panther came out. Um, That's a good move, though. Which, which I've... Here. I've been watching a lot of interviews with Tomi Adiemi and she talks a lot about, about Black Panther in the interviews. And I think I almost feel like that's a marketing. They like did that on purpose to, which is, yeah, it's totally brilliant thing to do right now. People are craving that or uh, they just want diversity. They want more diverse stories. And we've been talking about that for so long, but it's like, now we're finally really getting to see it right now. So it's exciting. So yeah, moment of silence for the Red Queen series and <laughs> um, a lot of <laughs> Michael's doing the Mockingjay salute. <laughs> and But then a lot of excitement for what's to come. Yeah, we're going to just go ahead and kind of wrap up a bit. Uh, but just briefly, in other news, Fantastic Beast trailer came out while we were away. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. I know there was a lot of um, arguing. I think people are just going to like, want to argue about you know what is canon and what is not canon in these in the new like Harry, like in the new Wizarding World movies. Because I know people were like losing their mind to the fact that like Dumble, young Dumbledore apparated like on the bridge at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, you can't do that. And they're like, there's like this like online war. It's like calm down. Yeah. It's just like a two second clip. We'll find out the context in November. <laughs> and then the screenplay book cover came out. And yeah. it looks gorgeous. Which I, it took me a while and I felt pretty dumb for not realizing it from the from the get go. But there's a lot of symbolism on there. That's really cool. I mean, I I wrote the article on it. You know, like there's like the Eiffel Tower because it takes place in Paris. There's a couple of casts and Nifflers, bow chuckles, and then there's like a lock that has the initials NF. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, oh duh, Nicholas Flamel. <laughs> <laughs> took me freaking long enough. There's also like an early version of, of like a dark mark on the cover. Yeah, that the- one's interesting at the very top. You're kind of like wondering, yeah, is it the dark mark itself or is it something else or is it a precursor? Cause, yeah, because that's what it looks like, right? Yeah, because Voldemort's not really in here yet, you know? So yeah, I was just going to say, I'm excited too. Um, I am just a little nervous because I'm just kind of going in a little cautiously because... Fantastic Beast, the first one was was like good, but I was left a little disappointed. Like I wanted something more profound. I don't know. I don't know. I'm always wanting. I'm. Always, I feel like I'm always disappointed. <laughs> um, but so I'm. I'm really hoping that the second one is a lot better. So yeah, I want to see it, but I'm still kind of feeling along the same lines of the that article I put out a few months ago. Like, just kind of wish there was a little bit of a break. Like I feel there's too much is happening. I mean, even even the thing about the the screenplay of the book. It's like, do we really need a screenplay of a movie based on a charity book, based on like the series or like a big book? <laughs> like, there's too many layers. There's too much happening. Just 
Yeah. The thing is, I'm always going to buy it, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, now you bring that up, uh, when I was at Book Expo, Scholastic had their display there, and they're showing off the new Harry Potter covers that that are there. And I went up to the lady and we were talking a bit and she was like, yeah, Brian sells Nick to these covers. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're gorgeous. And I'm like, but what are you guys doing with the old covers that you just redid like four years ago? She's like, we're still selling those. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm like, the only problem is like, you guys keep coming out with all these new editions. It's just yeah. it's, it's too much. I told her and she was like, yeah, you're going to need a bigger bookcase. Like, yeah, or get a bigger so. bookcase, a bigger like <laughs> book budget, just for the Harry Potter books. Yeah, it's like every year they're coming out with a different version of another of another one. Personally, I'm like not a fan of them. Of anyone, I, I do like the ones they did like a few years ago, where the Scholastic ones, where the covers do like the Hogwarts Castle. Yeah, yeah, but, but now they're coming out with like the Brian like, Selznick ones. I'm, I'm not a fan. Or like when they do, um, they have like the Hufflepuff version of all the seven books. I'm like, can we just have them with like the crest on it? Like the Hogwarts crest on it? Because I feel like that would be better. But no, I mean, it's kind of like they're trying to like milk out as much as they can. (laughs) The problem with the anniversary editions as well is like it came out in the UK the year before it came out in the US. Yeah. Every time there's a 20th anniversary in the UK. You know that the next year there's going to be a 20th anniversary in the US. It's like so true. We just have a like, kind of all right. Yeah, right now we're celebrating in the US the 20th anniversary, and that's what that's what they're they were really playing up it's over there at the Scholastic booth at Book Expo. So, yeah, but I mean, I am excited for Fantastic Beasts, though. Um, just a little cautious. So <laughs> I think it's worth noting that we're I think we're entering the Fantastic Beast season, if you will. It's just, I think we're yeah. going to start seeing a lot um, coming up in the next. Yeah, probably next month. Comic Con is next month. Yeah, next month yeah. is probably really going to kick it I'm, off. I'm not, sure, I'm, I'm not sure if Warner Brothers will be at Comic Con because I know a lot of the major studios are skipping Comic Con this year for reasons. Oh, really? So they don't know what they're going to put in Hall H this year, but that that is the word out there that a lot of major studios are skipping. Comic Con this year in San Diego. So we might get a trailer. We might not get a trailer the second week of July. That's to be seen. Yeah, we'll have to see. But regardless, we're going to be seeing a lot more of Fantastic Beasts, whether it's at Comic Con or somewhere else. (laughs) Uh, Because it's about time. It's about time to start seeing a lot more of Fantastic Beasts. And we will also be seeing more of The Darkest Minds, which they had a big promotional thing at BookCon for Darkest Minds. They did it. They had it at y'all um at y'all West too. They had yeah. like um a recorded session. Um, like you were like videotaped for like this like clip or I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be like shown in like when the DVDs come out. And they were like interviewing people and like you know what do you think about this? And, like these are like special panels where you had like signed disclaimers and like. Confidentiality agreements. That's and I was like, Michael would totally love to be here and watch this right now. <laughs> I was just going to ask Michael because Michael, you're the one who's like a huge fan of the Darkest Minds. I think I feel like on the team. Yeah. How yeah. do you? But the, the trailer came out. Are you excited for this movie? Oh my god, I'm so excited! I mean, obviously everything 
that I think about it is going to be kind of like biased because like it's like one of my favorite book series. But yeah, I think I just it looks really good, and I love like kind of all the excitement about it. I know that Alex Bracken's doing a lot of promotional stuff on it. She done like a Goodreads live video recently with the director and Amanda Sternberg, the lead actress. So I'm just excited about that everything that's happening. And I'm going to have to go see it myself because I don't want to go with anyone in case they don't enjoy it. Because like I, <laughs> I can't handle that. I don't want to anything to anybody. Like I don't need that negativity. I just want to enjoy it myself. I just want to see it. <laughs> well, you can like record your own episode of the podcast too, where you're just talking about the show. <laughs> Four part episode. Just Four part. <laughs> every little detail. Well, yeah, it's definitely exciting. I think that one comes out at the beginning of August. So, yeah. I, mean, I saw the trailer. I, I mean, I've never, I mean, I really never heard of them until like Michael started talking about it. And I saw they showed us the trailer at um, at Y'all West, and I was like, "Holy jeez, this looks amazing!" <laughs> and that thing about people just wanting to argue with stuff as well. There's like one minor detail in the trailer. Like, I think it's Chubbs has got like a different ability than he does in the book. And it's like this kind of inconsequential thing. Like it's not a huge factor in the book. And like I tweeted about it, and there was people tweeting back. Or like I was, I was just tweeting about the, the trailer in general. And there's people tweeting saying, "Oh my god, can you believe this? This is so, this is outrageous. They've changed this and that." I'm like, Chill. It's, like, it's, fine. <laughs> it's okay. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah. If I can get over it, you can go over it. I read the first book, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I read it a few years ago. I read it a few months ago. Oh, so it's still fresh in your mind? Somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. So that's basically, I think in terms of news, that's things you should keep in mind. Some of the bigger things we might have missed. Yeah, I think that's everything. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground in this episode. (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and edit a lot and cut some out, mostly (laughs) all of my rambling about... Get off like like slim down all of our Harry Potter ramblings. Yeah, we did talk a lot about we talk a lot about Harry Potter in this podcast. So oh my god, just rename it the Harry Potter Book Sack Podcast. The Harry Potter Book Sack. <laughs> but then we have to do that for like in November when we after when we do the one for Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I must. We must. People must like it because I our most popular podcast episodes are the ones where we're talking about harry potter i'm not just making that up it's like our top three is like our cursed child review maybe like our fantastic beast review and then our second episode where we're talking about the box or yeah. something in divergent so that might be the first episode for some michael, reason michael says like if people are so pissed off about that little change in the darkest mind trailer watch insurgent oh you have reason to get mad or yes. like watch Miss Peregrines where like two people are switched and they completely like ruin the entire series. I don't even know what's going on with that movie. <laughs> Tim Burton just he had his own plans. But nothing will ever be as bad. In my opinion, nothing will ever be as bad as the adaptation of Avatar the Last Airbender. Just <laughs> I I never even bothered seeing that because I heard it was just so awful. Yeah. I cringe watch it for every time and again. You know, Thank you. Why? 
Because it's funny to make fun of it. <laughs> Wait, what was that, Michael? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Aragon as well. That was like, oh yeah, that's the a worst good adaptation. Of mine. So bad. Yeah. Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. Oh, Percy. <laughs> maybe we should just have. Let's just keep naming them, and maybe, the way I'll edit this is like our voices are fading, and we're just keep naming bad movie annotations and then the outro. We should, we should keep this recorded, like this part of the podcast, as like when we have no news, we'll just talk about and like things are slow. Bad YA book to movie adaptations, and just start <laughs> listing. Yeah. Any others? Any others? I can't think of fifth wave. The fifth wave. <laughs> I actually like the fifth wave. I mean, I enjoyed it enough, but but I hated the book. So, like, <laughs> well, okay. I think we're gonna cut it off here because now we're <laughs> rambling and naming off a bunch of books. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everybody, for being with us for our twenty-fifth episode. Uh, again, it means a lot. And go check out our new podcast about the author. Uh, should be in Apple Podcasts. And if it's not already there, it should be like in Spotify and Google Play Store as well. If it's not there currently, it will be there soon. And yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.